you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, J-Max on tap to help us navigate the show as well. Boy, this Friday, we are, my goodness, I, I don't even know where to start at this point um, because so many people have been anticipating and waiting for this uh, Supreme Court decision, Supreme Court opinion to come down. And so many of us are aware of the end of Roe mm-hmm. uh, and, and Casey in this country. That's also important. Um, but it's just, it's one of those surreal moments. And, and we've been talking about this all morning. We've been talking about this with our kids and, and the implications of this, what this means. Um, they had been anticipating this as well and wondering what this would all mean and what this would all look like. And one of the things that we tried to do with our children is to make sure that they had um, as good an understanding of what the end of Roe in this country means um, as possible. Because it, as as we were reading the news articles and and even the a lot of the talking points seemed to misinform people about what this meant mm-hmm. and that there would still be work to be done um, as we celebrate. And, and this is, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable that in, in our lifetime we have seen um, the end of what should have always been illegal. Right. Yeah. But we've seen um, the end of a quote unquote legal right to mm-hmm. the murder of babies in this country. And I just, you know, I have a thought, well, I've had several thoughts, but as I've been looking at all the information and trying to figure out, you know, all the various aspects to bring in, um, as far as the discussion goes, the conversation goes, uh, I can't um, help but have a just a pause. And, and I, I don't mean like a, a moment of silence type thing, I, but I mean just to have a pause to think about several, um, several people and among them, the uh, 63, more than 63 million babies. Mm-hmm who died um, under Roe. Like, you know, you just stop and pause and think about that for a second. Yeah. And um, and then you just kind of juxtapose that. You compare that to, from this moment on, the babies who will be spared because of the end of Roe. Yeah. Because it will be just a little more difficult to take innocent life in this country. And it's just a powerful thought. Mm-hmm. I also have thoughts of the moms who because of a rabid abortion industry, an industry mm. who um, misled people until darkness so, um, you know, grew and increased in our country that there was no longer the need to mislead. Now it just became a celebration. But I, I'm thinking of the moms for whom it was true that they were simply misled yeah. under Roe yeah. and aborted their babies Um you know, and, and I just I think, wow, as we as we praise God that our country in some way has attempted to align with righteousness. And this is praiseworthy, by the way. This is praiseworthy that we would reposition ourselves um, on the side of righteousness 
um, I, I, I can't help but think of the babies who lost their lives and the moms who, because the truth was obscured, because of a crisis being exploited, um, they made decisions that they cannot reverse. And I and I think as we as we process this, as we think about this, yeah. it's important for us to communicate and and to give glory to God and to celebrate and to be and to be very grateful. I, I was so surprised. I read some comments mm-hmm. um, coming from uh, President Trump where he was kind of baited into, you know, taking glory or stealing glory from God. <laughs> about this decision. Mm. Um, he was being interviewed by Fox <laughs> news and I was reading an article that covered that interview. Okay. And, um, and, and, and I, let me, let me just pull it up. Cause I want to make sure that I don't misquote him here, but he was uh, interviewed and um, asked about whether or not he felt responsible for what happened. And, um, and he, he was quoted as saying, God made the decision. Oh, wow. Okay. Let me tell you, (laughs) let me, oh, wow. Let me, let me just tell you that is exactly the posture that we need to have. And and I think it's really interesting. In fact, let me read just a little bit of this article. This is a daily wire article um, written by Tim Meads. Uh, It says former president Donald Trump, uh, Donald J. Trump weighed in on the Supreme court's landmark decision on Friday to overturn Roe versus Wade saying that he believes it will work out for everybody. As the issue of abortion is handed back down to the states, Trump spoke with Fox News in an exclusive interview telling the outlet, um, quote, this is following the Constitution and given rights back when they should have been given long ago. End quote. When Fox News asked Trump whether or not he felt he played any role in the decision through his appointments to the Supreme Court, Trump responded, quote, God made the decision, end quote. Well, praise God. Praise God. Can I can I just say that that needs to be Amen. the posture of everyone who mm-hmm. is celebrating this decision? There will be people, and rightly so, who will acknowledge what President Trump did in his appointments. Mm-hmm. But I think, man, how appropriate and how fitting for the person who made those appointments to turn around and give glory to God. Right. And to say, okay, this yeah. this is God's doing. Yeah. Amen. You know, and and I and I think that needs to be the posture that we maintain going forward, mm-hmm. because indeed, I, I'm going to tell you, this is a blessing that the Lord has allowed to take place in our country. And and I I want to weight it with the proper weight that it deserves. Right. This is a blessing that the Lord has allowed. But I will tell you, we have made mistakes in the past. We who have sought the blessings of the Lord in this country We've made mistakes in that when we have secured those blessings or when the Lord has secured those blessings for us, mm-hmm. we've turned around and worshiped those blessings mm. rather than the one who gave them. That's, yeah. right? right. So even I, I look at even in the appointment or even even in God deciding that President Trump would be president um, for the last four years or for the four years that he was president. It seemed to me that so much of it turned to just the man, the man, the man, rather than seeing God's amazing grace and his amazing mercy. Right. Yeah. And, and I. We I, can't look, continue look, like that. I tell you, Do you it, understand. I was listening to I think it was Bishop Jackson and he was talking. Um, and I think uh, this his board op Randy had gave him some um, numbers. So President George Washington, he put in eight justices but that was because he's the first president mm-hmm. and i think it was fdr 
had had about the same amount, but he had four different terms. You know, it was dif- it was different. And then, but President um, Trump in one term, <laughs> three, and there was only there was an, another that had three, but it was two terms or something like that. And so that's a God thing. Absolutely, you know, that's that's orchestrated by God. Absolutely, you know, and praise God for that. I'm, I'm glad for that response. Yeah, you know, because um, that's exactly where the glory needs to go to. Amen. To God, you Amen. know, people make this out, and we were talking about this as as purely a uh, like a political issue, but it's not. No, it's a, it's a moral issue. issue. It's a spiritual issue. That's and, right. And and there's things that happen spiritually mm-hmm. because of this, you know. Yeah. And so, and that's why you see manifestations in certain things going on yes. because it's a spiritual warfare. That's you right. You know, and, but praise God uh, for this, and man, all glory goes to God. Amen. And so I think that it's so important for us um, as believers to understand the implications of this opinion, of this decision, and to understand what this looks like across the country, because there are some some people who are living in states right now for whom it's true. Unfortunately for you and those states, not much is going to change because those states already had laws in place mm-hmm. that would continue to allow for the murder of babies, some of them right up until birth. And so that's important to know because here, here's the other thing. And by the way, um, in the next segment, um, Jim Harden is going to join us. He's the CEO of Compass Care. It is the place that was firebombed in Buffalo, New York. We talked about this yesterday. It was among the places that we listed as we went through and we talked about, you know, why isn't anyone doing anything about this? Um, but this brother is going to join us in the next segment. We're going to talk about the work that has to continue. And I know people are like, well, Mika, can we celebrate? Yes, absolutely. Let's celebrate but there is a heart issue here behind the murder of babies. There's there are spiritual implications behind the murder of babies in this country and the work has to continue. So so while we look at what's going on and I know that there is about uh, 13 states that already had in place trigger laws that should Roe be overturned, um, the process would begin that abortion would be outlawed. Uh, in those states. And those are those are grand things. We we can march through some of those states and talk about what they have in place. Uh, abortion being made felony in some places and fines attached to mm-hmm. it and 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 all of the way that that looks. Um, but I was I was looking at a map earlier today and I was I was discussing this with you because I was really quite fascinated by this map. But I was over at um, what is it? The the reproductive um, reproductive white rights website, the Center for Reproductive Rights. And they've got a map where they it's color coded, where they look at expanded access to abortion, where abortion is protected, where it's not protected and where it's hostile and it's color coded. And as I look at this map, one of the things that's really encouraging to me is that the majority of the map um, seems to indicate that you've got places where abortion is not protected and hostile, meaning that it tilts toward seeing it completely outlawed like in those states Mm -hmm. it seems that the people the will of the people is that you should not just be indiscriminately murdering babies it seems you know and so I'm encouraged by that I think when you couple all of those things with all the other things that we know to be true this is why you have outfits like Jane's Revenge doing what they're doing Mm -hmm. because this is this is a battle between kingdoms and I hope that people understand that indeed that's what we're talking about every time we're talking about eternity We are talking about a battle between kingdoms, a battle between light and a battle between dark. That's what we're talking about. And that's what we're seeing manifested all across this country. The other thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to call the body of Christ to prayer 
yes, we want to celebrate and, and, and all of us want to enjoy like a collective, like, whoa, like a sigh of, wow, this is real. You know, we, we are living in this moment where our country is saying, as it has done in the past, this has happened before where our country is saying, Hey, we were wrong about that. Mm. We were wrong about that. It becomes a type of repentance. Mm -hmm. It becomes a type of like sorrow. Hey, that was not right. Let us get it right. So we want to recognize that. But in addition to that, as you look at what's going on, I mean, you've got, and if, if you could just personify, maybe not personify, <laughs> um, <laughs> because some in some cases it seems a little bit animalistic, but you've got almost a howling of sorts that's mm. coming from darkness. Mm. There, there is almost a screeching that's coming from darkness. Why? Because what's happening in this country is that we're actually repositioning ourselves in real time. And, and you know what I think really we can't forget in um, thinking about prayer is that a lot of the reasons why uh, uh, ladies would get ab- abortions was because, mm-hmm. you know, of a convenience or, you know, that there has to be a, a stopping of the the stuff that would cause, you know, to, women to be in that situation, women and That's men right. to be in that That's situation. Right. So there needs to be a moral shift. Come on. Like, Amen. yes, this is great this, that this is shifting. This is great. But, man, what we need is a that, that has to be a shift in our hearts towards God, right. towards morality and righteousness, mm-hmm. because that still is out there, mm-hmm. you know. So then it has to be a transformation that takes place within the heart of man to mm. be able to obey God's law, God's Amen. standard. You Amen. know, it's great that this this is changing. But, man, what about the heart, you know, that is causing that was causing women and men to go this route? You know, excellent point. Excellent point. And, and listen, your point must be applied to believers. Yes. It must be applied to professing believers, because what we are looking at when you can't talk about uh, 50 years of what kind of redefined what is legal. You understand the kind of confusion that is caused in a person's heart and mind when when you call something good that God calls evil and you've got I mean, look, this is all I've ever known. Mm -hmm. All I've ever known at 43. All I've ever known Mm -hmm. is that you can murder babies in this country. Yeah. That's that's all I've ever known. I I have in my mind seared (laughs) in my memory at 14. One of my friends and classmates having an abortion of twins. We're 14 years old. Like this is all I've ever known. So now what you've got to deal with is you've got to deal with the discipleship that has to come along with this, mm-hmm. where we tell people, no, this was never right. Folks don't, don't mourn this. Don't wonder, well, what about in this case? And what about, no, we've got to get back to the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God has determined the value of life. So this is going to be an additional discipleship moment. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll grab the break and we'll be right back. The reason why we are pro-life is because every single human being is made in the image of God and equally valuable, deserving of blessing and protection. That's why pro-life people are pro-life. And we are pro-life not just for women and their preborn babies, but also we, we value the lives of the people that firebomb this facility. 
That's the depth of our pro-life convictions, and that is a true pro-life conviction. Um, so we are, we are outraged, we are deeply saddened, and the community is rallying. Um, all across the country, I've received phone calls today and this morning, ever since 3 o'clock this morning, people uh, rallying, saying, how can we help? What can we do? We're praying for you. We certainly do covet your prayers here at Compass Care. Uh, we, we, we've tightened up security across the state in, in Rochester and in Albany. Um, what's, what's even more deeply disturbing, quite frankly, is the fact that last week, the legislature passed a law investigating peaceful nonprofit pro-life pregnancy centers just like this one. Just like this one. Why? What for? Where are the legislators today? Where's Governor Hochul's $35 million that she's giving to all the, 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 the for-profit abortionists to, for their security? We haven't gotten a single dime for security. Not a single dime. Where, you know, what's, it, it's shameful what these abortion activists have done, but it's even more shameful that you don't hear a denunciation of this violence of pro-life pregnancy centers from the sources of power. Mm. Mm. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio Network. That was the voice. Oh, well, OK, I'm Miki. So. And I'm Will. Hey, <laughs> that was the voice of Jim Harden, who is the CEO of Compass Care, the uh, pro-life medical office that was firebombed in Buffalo earlier this month. Um, it was a, a the press presser, I guess, um, where they're asking questions following uh, his comments. But I, I felt like his comments were so measured. And um, man, what a what a what an honor it is to be able to make much of Jesus, Amen. even in the midst of a situation like Amen. having your medical office firebombed. I really do believe that the Lord was glorified. Um, and, and we've invited him on today to talk about compass care, but to talk about our country in the wake of the end of Roe. There there is still work that will need to be done. And we want to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, Jim Harden, are you there? I am. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be with you. Oh, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I, you know, I, I feel like it is such our responsibility to make sure that we are serving those who are serving the Lord, especially in the pro-life work that is being done all across this country. And today there's a great deal of celebrating and we want to do that. But there also must be a great deal of sobriety. And, and so I want to talk about some of the things that we need to be on guard against. But before we do that, could you briefly share your incredible testimony of life and then new life. So your birth story, because I, I, I'm fascinated by that, but then also your testimony of coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, I, I would, I'd be honored to. It, uh, not many people usually ask me about that, especially in, in these days, but uh, I was born um, in the hospital that my father ran uh, to a mother who was a Planned Parenthood volunteer uh, with an abortion-causing contraceptive device wrapped around my wrist at the hands of a renowned abortionist nationally renowned abortionist named Neville Sender in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, I believe in destiny. And I didn't know any of this, these details until I was told by my mother after, after we came to Christ. And, um, and, uh, and when, I, when, I, when I took the post at Compass Care Pregnancy Services 21 years ago, I, I, it's just amazing to see how, how the Lord works. Well, anyway, to, to make a long story short, my parents divorced. And uh, they were divorced and separated for seven years when I was a child. And then they came to Christ separately, my mom at a Billy Graham crusade and my, my dad uh, by a friend at a racquetball club. And uh, around the same time, as a matter of fact, and then my dad came back to the house and said, um, I, I want to I remarry you. And he told, he told this to my mom, and she said, she, she said yes. So after they remarried, it was, a, it was a dream come true for a little boy. And so we moved down to Florida, 
And uh, uh, when I was, uh, you know, a youngster, about four, 15 years old, uh, I went to a, a Moody Adams crusade uh, at the church where my parents were, were, were taking us. And um, the Moody Adams uh, was going to was going to preach. But before it was an outside service and before it started to uh, before they started the service, it started to rain. I mean, really rain hard. Mm-hmm. And so they were packing everything up and everybody was about to leave. And the pastor gets up and he says, before everybody leaves, let's pray. And he prays for it to stop raining. And it's just like somebody shut off the water faucet, the rain stopped. And, and I, say what you want about me, say what you want about the weather. But for for a boy of, of 15, that really got my attention. I listened that night harder than I ever listened. And I, and I gave my life to Christ. Mm. And uh, that began. That's how my journey began. Mm. Wow. And wow. then the Praise Lord God. called you to ministry. Um, you met your wife. And uh, you guys were working in ministry down in Florida. But then is it from Florida that the Lord called you to New York? Tell us how that happened. Yeah, so I was uh, I was uh, pastoring a church in north of Tampa, and uh, the Lord uh, called Linda and I up to Rochester, um, where, where Compass Care is based, uh, and and it was just an amazing t- a series of events. But the, He really put it on our heart that um, the, the prevailing moral issue of the day, the issue upon which history would look back on and say that was what defined our time, was mm-hmm. going to be a you know, we believe as Christians, we believe that every person is made in the image of God and deserving of blessing and protection from the womb to the tomb without partiality, because we know that the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is partiality. The opposite of love is me playing God and deciding who um, uh, is, is is worthy of my blessing and protection, who is worthy of my favor. We don't get to do that. The Good Samaritan is, 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 is Jesus' story telling us that we don't get to do that. We are radically responsible for the weak and the vulnerable that are right before us. And there's no one more weak and there's no one more vulnerable in our mm-hmm. society than a woman who thinks that abortion is her only choice. And to, to a child who, whose mother thinks that she has to end his life. That mm-hmm. is a tragedy. It doesn't have to be that way. There can mm-hmm. be a different future. And the reversal of Roe today signals that we, we, we now have the opportunity as Americans to, to, to uh, actually have a debate, a meaningful debate. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So tell us, tell us about Compass Care because it is it is a crisis pregnancy center. It is a medical office, a pro life medical office, but it also affects crisis pregnancy centers across the country. It provides resources for for these centers all across the country. Tell us about Compass Care. Sure, I'd, I'd be happy to. So Compass Care's mission is to is, is that we're a Christ centered agency dedicated to empowering men and women to erase the need for abortion by transforming their fear into confidence. Now, mm-hmm. we say race the need for abortion. We don't believe that there's a philosophical need for abortion. But when, when a woman faces an unplanned pregnancy, she says, I'm stuck. I'm trapped. I've got no other choice. I need to have an abortion. And our job is to come alongside her with all the support and security that we can give, with all the ethical medical care and comprehensive community resources, with, ev- with everything we got, to be the, the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to her, to give her a vision of her future after having had a child. Because when a woman comes in, she says, I, I can't, there's no way out. And we say, there is, there's hope. And when she leaves our, uh, the, the, her first appointment from at Compass Care or any other pregnancy center, she says to herself, I see now how I can do this if I really wanted to. And and so what we do... Do we, we, do we lose... Capital, I'm sorry, go ahead. Did I lose Go ahead. So we, we provide those services to, to women all throughout New York State, the abortion capital of the U.S., mm-hmm. um, but we also help other pregnancy centers uh, with all the materials and, and strategies that they need to, to become more effective and, and to become into the, use the 21st century tools to reach and serve women. It's a really exciting time to live in. 
Mm. Yeah, it, it really is. And to see the work that the Lord is doing, the Lord has been very gracious in providing crisis pregnancy centers and churches all across this country who will declare the truth, who will declare the truth of what God says Amen. about our value and about being made in his image. And I'm wondering if you could kind of take us back earlier in this month to the firebombing of your office there in Buffalo. Talk about the effects of that. Talk about what happened and talk about how you are able to continue walking in compassion, even toward those who firebombed your office. Well, uh, you know, on Ju- June 7th, early in the morning, I got a phone call. About 2.30 in the morning, my regional executive called, and he said, I got to go to the, the office. Um, there's smoke coming from the facility. When the police and fire rescue got there, they found that the windows were broken and fires were lit. And uh, the signature scrawl of graffiti across our across the outside of our building said, Jane was here. Mm. And then later there's a communique from Jane's Revenge, the pro-abortion terrorist group, taking responsibility for that firebombing. The building was sustained catastrophic damage, fire and smoke damage throughout. We have to gut it and totally start over. It's going to wow. take um, months and hundreds of thousands of dollars to repair. We've already begun the process. Mm. And they, they hope their, their goal was to stop us from uh, reaching and serving women and, 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 and helping them have their babies. Their goal was to to get us to stop and to be afraid, mm-hmm. but we're only afraid of God. You see, that that's what that's that's what faith allows. Faith allows us to be to to live life without fear while we continue to sacrifice for our fellow man. Mm-hmm. And so, when we saw that, the, it was certainly sad. It was it was certainly it, it made me angry. Um, but I realized, you know what? Here, here's the well, we're Christians. And we believe that the cross of Christ is violence to end all violence. Mm. And we, every sin is going to have to be paid for. We believe that. Every sin is going to have to be paid for. Either mm. Christ pays for it, and we find ourselves in the shadow of the cross in gratitude, going and doing likewise for our fellow man. Or we find ourselves outside the shadow of the cross, and we're going to have to pay for those sins ourselves forever. And we were, we were beseeching. Jane's revenge and the people that the cells that associated with her to come and join us in the shadow of the cross as mm. fellow sinners. This is an opportunity for redemption where they can find where they can find true joy and fellowship with God and their fellow man. They're 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 they they have they're living a life that's that's um that's in the dark, mm-hmm. and we are we're coming to the light. That's it's just an opportunity. That's what the the gospel is all about. That's what Christ. Man, I, I feel like we keep getting interrupted here. I, you know, I, I want to be very careful. I'm not, <laughs> don't want to over spiritualize things, but the Bible is very clear that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And so whenever you have a clear presentation of the gospel and whenever Christ is being made much of um, and, and there's a, a kind of an exposure of wickedness, um, I don't know. It just it seems to be that there are some technical difficulties. So um, hopefully we can get Jim back on and, and make sure that we can hear everything that he's saying clearly, because I do believe that based on what happened in Buffalo with the bombing of, or the fire bombing of their medical office, the Lord has used this to advance the gospel. The Lord has yeah. given them um, an even more expanded platform mm. to be able to make much of Jesus and to make much of the cross. And it seems that that's going to be the posture, need to be the posture of everyone who's involved in this work of telling the truth about life and telling the truth about who God is, um, that we're going to have to take those opportunities that the Lord affords us. Yeah. Jim, Jim, are you there? Jim, are you still there? I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cutting in a little bit, um, but but we're we're committed to this interview. So we're going to make sure that we do all we can <laughs> to stay connected. Um, tell tell our listeners 
how in the wake of this, um, the kind of attention that has been drawn to your your organization, um, how is this serving not only what you do, but serving to advance the kingdom of God? This, uh, what, what Satan meant for evil, God has turned into good. Mm-hmm. This has, this firebombing and, and this crime wave against pro-life pregnancy centers and organizations has essentially helped the American people to think more clearly about what it means to be human under God. Mm-hmm. What abortion represents is simply this, a fundamental misunderstanding about what it means to be human under God. Mm-hmm. And we're saying uh, everyone is equally valuable. Everyone is made because everyone's made in the image of God and needs to be blessed and protected without qualification from mm-hmm. the womb to the tomb. That's the government's primary job. And if they fail at that, well, they fail at being the government. Um, and and when, the, when the Supreme Court pushed it back to the states to decide for themselves this morning around 1030, uh, it was it was a moment where they're saying, look, this, the people in America need to rethink uh, what liberty is all about. Liberty is not about me, me doing my own thing. It's not absolute autonomy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's all about inalienable rights because the right to abortion um, is a fabricated right. And, uh, and when fabricated rights are created by government, they're ultimately on a collision course with the inalienable ones. If, if you fabricate a right to abortion, it's on a collision course with the right to a baby's uh, life. And so well, we, we have to be careful to protect everybody from the womb to the tomb. And that's what Christians are, are, are all about. We've always stood for, for uh, the, the, life, the lives of, of, of everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jim, help us understand how the ministry of crisis pregnancy centers all across this country will continue and also help us understand how that work will change. Now, I know that's a big question because I understand that depending on the state where this the crisis pregnancy center is operating, that could look differently, um, practically speaking. But there's a spiritual implication here that cannot be ignored. Mm-hmm. And in that way, I think that it's important for us to really kind of like hone in on the work that crisis pregnancy centers are doing. It's not just the tangible work that that is the work, but there's also a spiritual work that will continue. And I'm wondering how you see that going forward um, with the end of Roe. Oh, yes. Well, thousands of abortion appointments were canceled today all across this country. Um, It was uh, but abortion has not ended. Abortion has simply moved to New York and California. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, so as, as, as we know, uh, reversing Roe does not uh, make abortion illegal. It just simply gives the states the opportunity to make it illegal if they want to. Mm-hmm. And so one, six or more states have done that. And it's it's creating a essentially a hub and spoke business model. The, the billion dollar abortion empire is shaking right now. Um, and for the first time since Roe versus Wade was decided, the pro-life pregnancy center uh, ministries have an opportunity to compete head-on with a level playing field with the abortion industry. We've got to be able to reach and serve these women before they travel to New York mm. and, bef- and before they go online to get their chemical abortions, which are 400% more dangerous than surgical. Mm. We, we have to have these, these 21st century tools to reach and serve these women before they engage the teleabortionists and before they travel to New York. And we can do it. We've got the opportunity. Amen. Thank you so much. Jim Harden, the CEO of Compass Care, 
Um, my goodness, there's so much to keep processing. I think we'll have to have Jim come back and join us so that we can talk about how we continue to move forward for the glory of God in this country because the battle is not over. The mm. fight is not over. And I, I want to make sure that we always keep that in view. Amen. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Got him featuring... <laughs> Featuring Chosen One. That's wonderful. That is absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Today we are talking about the end of Roe uh, and Casey in this country mm -hmm. and talking about the implications of that. I want to hear from our listeners. I'd like to know how some of our listeners are processing this and mm -hmm. what you are thinking about today. Um, maybe there is the the um, admonishment to pray. Um, want to talk about that. And, and so I'll give the number so we can get some calls queued up. And while those calls are, are getting queued up, I want to give a specific call to prayer. Mm. Um, so just bear with me here because I, I give you a little bit of information and then give a specific call to prayer. And actually, um, I'm going to call for you to pray at a specific time. And, and, and look, there's no pressure if you forget, if you, you know, because I understand life. Okay. Um, but I do want to throw it out there because there's something that we are in the midst of a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. The Bible is very clear. A lot of times we like to ignore the portions of scripture that kind of weird us out. Right. Like if it, if it's like, uh, I don't understand <laughs> if it's not tangible. Yeah. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Um, but the Bible is very clear. The, the Bible is very clear. All right. And to be received with authority. And so when the Bible, when the word of God says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, that is to be taken literally. Mm. Ephesians chapter six, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of, of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. That is where we are battling. That's where, that's where the fight happens. That's, that's, that's where... That's where the war is taking place. Um, I'm going to give the number, get the calls queued up, and then I'm going to give a specific call to prayer uh, for this evening. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Um, you can call. We'll get your calls queued up. I want to hear from you. How are you processing uh, the end of Roe in this country? But I, I want to alert you to um, speci a specific call. We talked about this yesterday um, the the terrorist organization Jane's Revenge has issued a very specific call for a night of rage in the wake of the road decision, as you know. And so that is today. And they are calling at a specific time at 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. that people would take to the streets uh, and and let let me I want to use some of their their wording here so that you understand this. Um, I'm quoting from their communique earlier in um, in May when they specifically called for this night of rage that would happen on the, on the day that the decision was handed down, they say, quote, your anger has been stolen from you to this. We say no more. We need to get angry. We need the state to feel our wrath. We need to express this madness fully with ferocity. 
We need to quit containing ourselves. We need them to be afraid of us. Mm. And so there has been a call that has been issued for violence um, at a specific time at 8 p.m. Um, they say, I'm going to quote them again here. It says, whatever form your fury takes, the first step is feeling it. The next step is carrying that anger out into the world and expressing it physically. They say, consider this your call to action. On the night the final ruling is issued, a specific date we cannot yet predict, but we know it's arriving imminently. We are asking for courageous hearts to come out after dark. Guys, this is a clear call for wickedness. (laughs) And I want my brothers and sisters, I want those who know Jesus Christ to be aware of this and to be doing battle where we do battle. And that is in a realm that we cannot see. And I understand that that is weird for people to hear. But if you have been purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ, if Mm -hmm. you have submitted your life to Christ, then let me tell you, you have not been a casualty of that battle. But it is indeed an ongoing battle. And so tonight, when you've got an organization, a very wicked organization that is calling for mayhem, that is calling for violence, that is calling for anger to first be felt and then expressed physically, and they're giving a specific time, what I am calling for is I'm calling for the body of Christ to be praying at that time, Mm -hmm. to be praying for the protection of crisis pregnancy centers all across this country, to be praying for the protection of churches all across this country, to be praying for the protection of those who love Jesus and are called according to his name. I'm called by his name to be praying very specifically. Now, I understand there are a lot of people who, you know, kind of want to respond physical to physical. But the eternal battle exists in a realm that we cannot see. Mm-hmm. And if we have any hopes of being most effective, what I would say is show up to that battle. Show up and fight on that ground. All right. So that's eight o'clock. Um, I know that we have people listening in various time zones. I would say because this initial. All right. I guess Miki got cut off. But the call is to pray. The call is to pray. And so we need to make sure that that's what we're doing. As she said, the battle, you know, is not against flesh and blood. Uh, it's a spiritual battle. And it's, it's a it's one that the enemy knows that if he can avoid the church from praying. That's why it's always so hard when we want to get into a position of prayer. You know, that's why all the warfare starts, because that's where the battle battle truly is. A lot of times we look at things in the natural sense and we want to handle things in the natural sense. But the battle is uh, on our knees. The battle is in our closets. And so when, you know, people are overtly and outwardly showing for wickedness, well, we know that we can go to the Lord in prayer and say, God, you handle that. And so that's what we that's what the call is to do. So. Uh, we'll try to get Mickey back on. Well, let's take it to the phones. And I'm going to go to Tony in South Dakota. Hi, Tony. Well, hey, Will. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Mm-hmm. I've called in before, a couple times before. I'm a state legislator here in South Dakota, House Representatives. And uh, um, pardon me for my out of breath. I'm kind of getting ready to get on the road. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of moving around. So I guess the thing I want to say um, first off, is absolutely right. We, as believers, have to be in prayer mm-hmm. about this whole situation. But we're kind of behind the eight ball because we haven't been in prayer like we mm. should have been to mm. begin with. Yeah. The next thing I'll say is this. And to me, this is kind of the most critical part of this whole thing. Um, it, as, as good as this ruling is, 
as man, we still find ourselves on the wrong side of, of the issue because the arrogance of man says, I can decide this issue. Mm-hmm. So a Supreme Court in 1973 says, nope, um, abortion is a right. It's in the Constitution. Well, now, 50 years later, we have a Supreme Court that says, no, it's not in the Constitution. It's not there. It's not a good thing. Okay. Well, in another 50 years, will it go back the other way? My point is, until we recognize that the decision doesn't belong to us, it was already decided. It was decided when the Lord created life. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, in Jeremiah, he is the one that established personhood. Because in Jeremiah, he said, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Yeah. So all of that was taken care of. So until we get off of our high horse and acknowledge that it is him that decided it, then we're going to continue to be in this. Yeah. So right. thank you. No, you're right. You're right. And that's the thing. We, it, this, this battle is not over. It's not done, you know, and, and you're right about that. And I think what has to happen, and we, we kind of talked about this before, is that there has to be a real change within the hearts and the minds of the people. So the gospel has to go forth. There's no lagging behind in that because of this decision, you know. And so the thing is, I think this, like our, our, our guest said, this is a great opportunity. We need to see it as such, as an opportunity to be able to uh, ramp up sharing the gospel, ramp up reaching souls, because that is the core of what has to change. For any of this to change, you know, praise God for the decision that came out today, because when you do change laws and stuff like that, there is a change that takes place. But man, the heart of man is what has to ultimately change for there to be true, lasting change. And let's go to Iris in Texas. Hi, Iris. Hi. Um, this was a watershed moment for mm-hmm. America. I've been praying for it for many years. When I was very young, in the late 60s, I voted for it before I knew the Lord Mm. in the state of Michigan for abortion. When I came to the Lord in 1982, 40 Mm. years ago, my life completely changed, and my heart broke for what I did, for my small Mm. part in that. Mm -hmm. And I've prayed and been a a part of the Pregnancy Resource Center in my community for the last 16 years, and with every fiber of my being, I, I support it and pray for the centers and for the end of abortion. So I'm thrilled, but to God be the glory. Yes. And, and I give credit also to the Supreme Court justices for having the courage to stand mm. up for righteousness sake in the, in the face of such um, demonic, I believe demonic action mm-hmm. and, and such hatred. So to God be the glory, be the for, glory. for what he has done and also for all those that have fought so hard for this moment. Mm-hmm. God bless mm-hmm. them for their labor of love <laughs> in the physical and in the spiritual. Amen. And thank you all for what you do. Oh, thank you so much, Iris. Yes, that definitely has been a long fought battle. And man, praise God for repentance, you know, and forgiveness. You know, when we have we make mistakes. We, you know, before, like you said, you knew Christ. These are the things you, you, you did. But man, praise God for his mercy and his grace. And thank God for what, what's happened today. Um, and man, you're right. There's so many people that's been in the fight and so for so many years and, and really have looked forward to this day. And uh, we can join with them and rejoice in that. So we praise God for that. All right. Let's go to Paul. And I think we have Mickey back. Let's go to Paul in 
Louisiana. Hi, Paul. Hello. Yes. Um, I would like to pray real quick. Um, give me two seconds. And um, I'd like to read, if someone could read it, I don't know. But uh, I had scriptures pulled up from Ezekiel. Um, it, it flashed off my screen. But it's Ezekiel 36, the first few cha- uh, verses, and it's talking about mm-hmm. the dry bones that came back to life. And y'all are talking about a spiritual warfare, and I'd like everyone to be praying at it as well, that we don't know how God's going to move or act. This is only phase one or two or three or whatever it is, but God's in control of this. So if everyone could be praying with me on this, I've been praying this for many years. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to pray right now, God, I just pray that you would uh, continue to work because there's going to be battles that are going to be won that we don't even know. Yeah. But there are battles that, that are still going on in hearts right now. Otherwise, they wouldn't be calling for this 8 o'clock hour. <laughs> God, we pray for your mighty hand to stop the evil at the very moment. May they just mm. stop in the midst of the tracks and see the presence of your Holy Spirit. <laughs> May the evil just have to cease because of your mighty power. Mm. We don't know what's about to happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Paul. We, we appreciate that prayer, and we, we agree. Amen. We agree. Amen. We agree. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, Mickey, you have anything to say? We can go to our next caller. I, no, let's go to our, ne- our next caller. I just want everyone to understand that at the moment that I was calling for prayer tonight at a very specific time, my Internet went completely out. That's all I, <laughs> I, I want to say. Everything just completely shut down. That's crazy. So th- what what an amazing coincidence, right? <laughs> All right. No, let's go back to the phone lines. All right. Let's go to Frank in Kentucky. Hi, Frank. Hi there, brother, sister. Um, you know, uh, I don't understand why. Uh, well, let me say it this way. I praise God for President Trump mm-hmm. and uh, the statement that he made. It was there was no pride in that, that at all. Mm-hmm. But I, on the other hand, I will say I do remember that women, I do, I will say that people, women do not want to take responsibility. There's a such thing, I, I remember, it's called birth control. And nobody never talks about that at all anymore. They don't take responsibility. If a woman doesn't want to have a baby, she can go to, go to a doctor and, and so she can't have any kids at all. And there's no baby at all. But there's, there's, there's certain responsibilities that women can do. Birth control. It's always birth control. But they're not doing it. It is having babies and killing them. So I, I think that's strong, really. Yeah, Frank, I I would just I would jump in and I would say really the first line, the first line of defense is the fear of God. Yeah, the the, the, really the the first line of defense in all of this Mm -hmm. is the fear of God. So then that way you don't have to put unknown chemicals into your body. You're not trying to be in the place of God. But the fear of God, you understand, like where, where we say, wait, this is what the Lord has prescribed for how we live. So let us be found doing that because we fear him. Because he is holy, right? Mm. And I think that's that's where we need to start. And that's how we need to be thinking that men need to fear God. There, there has to be a return to the fear and the reverence for the holiness Amen. of God. We have made God common among us while calling out his name. <laughs> God <laughs> judged Israel because they made his name common yeah. among the people that they dwelt. Now, let me say something. This is not just to be calling the Lord's name in vain, right? Nope. God said to Ezekiel, 
that the people have made my name common because they have carried my name unbecomingly of those who profess it. They've lived like the rest of the world around them. So we as Christians, we've got to take responsibility for that. We've got to say we bear the name Christ. So we make that name common among people when we don't live according to Christ's standards. Yeah. There's got to be a fear of God and a reverence for his holiness. We're out of time. Eight o'clock. Pray until Monday. Lord willing. God bless.